Welcome to the Gardner-Webb University podcast studios from the Elliott House at Gardner-Webb University in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. On WebChat episode nine, we're very, very, very happy to welcome Mary Beth Martin. Uh, Mary Beth is the executive director for the Earl Scruggs Center. On today's show, we're going to explore the heritage of the Earl Scruggs name, the historical and cultural aspects of the center, and the impact well beyond the sound of bluegrass music. So stick around after this break for our chat with Mary Beth. Have you ever felt led to advocate for others and their social service needs? Whether you want to help at-risk youth, serve as a substance abuse counselor assisting recovering addicts, or an agency leader connecting people to service needs, there are many ways to give back to your community, and Gardner-Webb University can help you forge your path. The Bachelor of Science in Human Services online program is led by educators, professionals, and industry leaders who offer an evolving curriculum designed to ensure that your education keeps you competitive with the real-world needs. You will be equipped with the understanding of legal foundations and institutional regulations, and be prepared to address issues of poverty, family violence, and community needs. By integrating classroom instruction and field-based experiences, this 39-credit-hour program prepares you for a future of leading others through their most challenging times. For more information, visit gardner-webb.edu. Welcome back to Web Chat. We're really thankful to have Mary Beth Martin with us today. She's going to chat about the significance of the Earl Scruggs Center and, and the name Earl Scruggs and, and everything connected to that, um, to our community and, and beyond. And so really, really happy to have you uh, with us. Um, you and I have known each other for, for a few years, and before we went on the air, we were just kind of chatting away, and we're like, okay, we, we got to get to going because other stuff's on the calendar. I get it. I get it. I get it. But we're happy to have you with us today. Well, thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Now, you've got some Gardner Web connections as well. You want to talk about some of those connections before we dive in? Well, sure. Well, um, before I started working at the Earl Scruggs Center almost five years ago, I worked at Gardner Web for 10 years. Um, was it 10 years? 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So it was my first real job out of college. I graduated from NC State and moved to Boiling Springs to work at Gardner-Webb. Um, started out in the athletics department, and I was in NCAA compliance for five years. Ooh, yeah. That's a fun place to be. Um, you learn a lot. Yeah. And then um, I was recruited to be the director of the Bulldog Club, but I was in that or offered that position, formally accepted it, and then a day later, they're like, listen, we want you to do major gifts. Yeah. So I, think I, was, wow. I don't know that I was ever officially the Bulldog Club director <laughs> at all, but I thought that was my job for one right, day. Right. And then I then I moved over to major gifts. So I worked in advancement for five years yeah. before leaving to go to the Earl Scruggs Center. Yep. Yeah, I made a lot of good friends. Um, you know, I always talk about, you know, the first relationships I formed here in Cleveland County and, and the people that I hold dear, you know, are at Gardner-Webb. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Earl Scruggs has has been good to you as well. The Earl Scruggs Center. How long have you been there now? So I came to the Earl Scruggs Center in September of 2018. So almost okay. five years. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. blown by with COVID in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Which we're which, on the other side, which is awesome. Yeah. Which you know. So you were there a year and a half or two yes. years before yep. 
the world shut down. Yeah, I felt like we were gaining a lot of momentum um, moving forward with new programs and memberships and things like that. And then it, you know, came to a screeching halt, of course. And then, but I was really proud of what the Scruggs Center did during that time. Even though we were closed for six months, we continued to hold programs. We did mm-hmm. a lot of virtual programs at yeah. that time because we really felt like as our community museum and cultural center, it was our responsibility to provide those resources to the community. So um, we created a YouTube channel, yeah. of course, like everyone did during that time, right. but put oral histories where you had local people talking about telling their stories of growing up and living in Cleveland County, as well as other you know virtual programs where people could tune in and interact with us. So it was great. You mentioned the museum and the, the kind of a cultural center for uh, for the uh, county and the community. Um, the Earl Scruggs Center is located on this historic court square, and we are so fortunate in Cleveland County and Uptown Shelby to have a true uh, old, old, old court square yeah. where the yeah. courthouse used to be uh, for the building to still be there uh, and to have you know, the, just the beautiful lawn surrounding it. It is just a true gathering space. And, and so when I heard that that was going to be the home um, of the Earl Scruggs Center, I said, wow, I cannot think of a better place because it's so central to Uptown Shelby. Yeah. So, so talk about that and also talk about what is the Earl Scruggs Center. Sure. So just back to what you were saying, you know, historically, like you said, Shelby is a court square town. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have like a main street town right. and then you have a court square town where when it was planned that way, you know, it was the econo- economic center of the town and of the county. Um, so that's that's what the courthouse, the historic courthouse, it was built in 1907. Um, that's what it served as. But, you know, through the years as strip malls developed mm-hmm. and, of course, you know, the, the mall that was built out on Highway 74, you see a lot of these local businesses um, leaving the uptown area. You see businesses moving to the mall, and so people are doing their shopping there. Right. Um, but, you know, in the early 2000s to mid-2000s, um, you know, there was this movement for Shop Local and trying mm-hmm. to grow local businesses and revitalize these uptown areas. Yeah. And so when the Scruggs Center opened in 2014, it started to really drive that revitalization of uptown Shelby. You know, I can say when I moved here in 2008, it was a ghost town in mm-hmm. uptown Shelby. I mean, there might be a restaurant to go to. If a store or a restaurant opened, it was closed within a few months. And then because you have things like the Earl Scruggs Center, it gives people the confidence to open yeah. their businesses, and now it's thriving again. It is. It yeah, is. it's hard to find a parking space uptown Shelby. It's, I think that's a great problem. Exactly. I, I ate uptown Shelby uh, for lunch today and, and had to drive around a little bit to find a parking yeah. space, but it was okay because yeah. I knew I would find one. Yeah, and you're right about that uh, uptown revitalization, and it's the communities that get it and understand it have found ways to, to make their uptowns thrive mm-hmm. and grow, and, and you can do that. When you have um, a, a central location hub that that finds a way to attract people, mm-hmm. and uh, you're right, I, I, I moved here to, to go to college uh, in the late '80s uh, to Gardner Webb at that time, uh, Gardner Webb College at that time, and uh, I, I remember the the uptowns were were dying, slowly dying. Um, you had some clothing stores in uptown. You had a, a few. Uh, few staples, um, one of those Shelby cafes still there, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was definitely um, definitely a ghost town, as you said, and and you had these uh, these stores, these men's clothing stores and women's clothing stores that were family owned that, that basically said, we can't compete anymore. Yeah. 
And I remember they were closing down, and uh, it was, you know, it was just sad. Yeah. And as you said, when that growth started coming back, uh, there was there was this incredible push. And and now when you go to many malls, the malls have become kind of the ghost town, mm-hmm. which is interesting. A, that few, a few kind of anchor stores, you know, like it's Marshalls and right. ours. Yeah. Um, and then Walkers. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you, or yeah. Bath and Body Works, you know, that's right. about what you find at these sort of small town malls these right. days. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. So so the uh, the Earl Scruggs Center, what is it and what does it offer? Yeah, so we're a museum and cultural center. Um, we often get called just a museum, but but we really are a lot more than that too. Um, but it, it celebrates the life and legacy of banjo master Earl Scruggs, who grew up just down the road here mm-hmm. in Flint Hill, which yeah. is a little south of Bowling Springs. Um, if you if you gave him like an actual official hometown, it'd probably be Bowling Springs. It's the closest <laughs> town to, to the Flint Hill area. He certainly spent a lot of time here. Bowling Springs was important to him. Um, went, went to went to high school here. Yes, and yes. Uh, has an honorary doctorate from Gardner Webb as a- well. Absolutely, and had you know family continues to live in Bowling yeah. Springs. So you know Bowling Springs is an important part of Earl's story. Mm-hmm. And so Earl, he learned how to play the banjo when he was very young. Started when he was about four years old. There was a incredible music scene that continues here in Cleveland County, but here in Bowling Springs, um, in upstate South Carolina, this region, there there was kind of this hotbed of these three-finger-style banjo players, which was unusual for the time. And Earl listened to those folks, and he just did it his own way. He did it better than everyone else, developed new roles, syncopation, things like that. Um, And he was the first person to take that style of banjo to a national stage. Yeah. So he appeared on the Ryman stage in Nashville, and it really electrified the world as far as the banjo is concerned. Yeah. He changed the way the banjo was perceived and used yeah. in popular music. Yeah. And just because of his innovation and his um, throughout his career, he continued to explore new types of music, would play with people from all sorts of genres. You know, he wasn't, you know, stuck in bluegrass or country music. Um, he really influenced music in general, so beyond what the banjo could do. Um, so he's really important in American music. He's one mm-hmm. of those pivotal figures yeah, in American music. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that Cleveland County celebrates, you know, Earl Scruggs and what he did and the fact that his story begins here yeah. and is rooted here in Cleveland County. So that's what the Earl Scruggs Center is all about. We also tell the story of and of the history and the culture of this region, which is really rich. And we tell it alongside the story of Earl. So um, it's a story, Earl's story, and the story of Cleveland County is something that a lot of people can relate to. So I think that's why when people come to the Earl Scruggs Center, even if they're not from here, they can connect, you know, somehow. They can see stories from their families or, you know, their own upbringing that they can connect with at the Earl Scruggs Center. So I think that's why people have a really wonderful experience when they come to visit us. Yeah, you, you talked about earlier about oral histories, and, and there are um, oral histories connected to this community that mm-hmm. you can still find those there, right? Yeah, yeah, we have them on display at the Scruggs Center. We have tablets where you can explore our oral history archive, or you can go on our website. Yeah. It's there, too. So, you know, if you're at home and you want to explore stories from our community, you can go to our website and, and hear um, people growing up in all different areas, whether there's agriculture or music or textiles or whatever, yeah. um, they'll tell their stories about growing up here, and that's the best way to learn the history of our it county. It is. It, it's beautiful. You um, Going back to Earl, and you, you talked about um, how he kind of changed what the banjo 
meant to music. Um, I, I was very blessed to be able to interview him a couple of times before he passed. And, and I just think back and, and some, you know, just having that time with pioneers to hear their story. And I remember him you know, t- talking about that. And he said, you know, before he took the banjo and, and uh, really changed what we think about when we think about bluegrass music now, introduced it in that way, he said you know, the banjo was a comedian's instrument. So there was a you know, string bean and others. They, they used it as kind of a comic tool. Yeah. And even when you think about um, you know actor mu- and uh, musician Steve Martin, you know when he would do his stand up, he would have a banjo. It was just it was a comedy thing. And um, and, and for Earl, it was like no, nah, this is this can be the forefront of a, a musical style. And and it's just amazing when you think about that and, and the that impact that he had on. On music, and like you said, he didn't just stay with one genre. You know, when his boys were growing up and becoming teenagers, I mean, he you know, rock and roll. I mean, yeah. it was all over the place. Yeah, and you know, and it made a lot of people in Nashville. You know, country music. I'm sure music executives didn't like it, but surely fans too. Yeah. Um, people who were fans of bluegrass and country music saw Earl as, you know, forgetting his roots and and really his his while his roots, his, the music was in like string band music and what became known as bluegrass when he was playing it yeah. originally was not called bluegrass. Yeah, it exactly. wasn't such a thing, you know. <laughs> it was right. called string band country music, right. you know. Um, but he, he was just, that's just not the only thing he, he was. You know, right. He was so much more than that. He was a musician. Yeah. He was an artist, a creative, someone who's yeah. always changing and trying new things. And I think that's what's so special about Earl. Yeah. One of the things that you have been able to do is to, Utilize this foundation of of her, who Earl was to to build something that's pretty substantial, and you've got a lot of volunteers, and, and you've you've uh, had some that have come before you and have helped to build this up. But I think about all the outreach programs that you are doing. Some of those that you talked about through virtual that you did during the COVID years. But I think about the Earl Scruggs Music Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely want you to talk about that. But talk about, before you get to that, talk about some of these other outreach things that you are, are doing where you're bringing live music in and getting people a chance to experience live music there on site and other places. Yeah, so I like to break down kind of the life of the Earl Scruggs Center into like groups of five years or stages of five years. The first five years, it was a talented staff and a board and volunteers who worked so hard to get the Scruggs Center off the ground and make it a wonderful tourist destination. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have people come, you know, making a pilgrimage to Shelby, yes. to the Earl Scruggs Center, to see this world-class museum. It was yeah. an amazing thing. And I felt like the second five years of our existence has been about, okay, we've already become this world-class destination. We really need to get into this community and start offering resources that make a difference. Mm-hmm. So education. Um, like you said, live music and concerts. So some of the things we've done over the past few years, um, a few ongoing programs. We have Coffee with the Curator, which is about local history. Local folks come and talk, and we bring objects from the Cleveland County Historical Collection, some really odd with interesting (laughs) stories, but also talking about our county's history. Um, That's an ongoing program. We have musical explorations where, you know, children can come for free Mm -hmm. and learn, you know, about, world music, other cultures, take banjo lessons, take yeah. gu- guitar lessons, do drum circles, things like that. 
Um, but we also have the Center Stage Concert Series, yeah. and we're in the second. This is our third year of con of having a formal concert series, but the second year that we've called it Center Stage. Right. And what we're trying to do is bring in nationally known, regionally known artists to Shelby that people may not see otherwise, mm-hmm. and introduce people to different types of music. You know, yeah. when people think they're all Scruggs Center, they think bluegrass. Right. But... Like I said, Earl was about so much more, and so we present a lot more than that at the Earl Scrugg Center. Um, this concert series, um, we, we have a wide variety of music. In fact, the next act is a jazz quartet. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's we just want to do different things and provide these important resources that people in Cleveland County may not, you know, see otherwise, but it also draws people from out of town. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so it's not... So I think we're starting to be recognized as a really good music presenter in the right. region. You know, people are turning to the Scruggs Center as, you know, this is where I'm going to go see live music. Well, and the Scruggs Center, you, you've got the museum aspect of it, the living museum aspect, but you also have a performance venue as well, which we didn't touch on, which is where you have some of these concerts. Yeah, so we have a the upstairs, what was the old courtroom in mm-hmm. the courthouse. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a flex space for us where we can have – you know, major big events, things like that. Um, but this is where we have concerts. So yeah. we turn it into a nice concert venue and have a stage and, and all of that. So it's, it's worked really, really well for us. It's an intimate space. So mm. we'll have 100 people max at these shows. Wow. Yeah. And so you're seeing a, a, a Grammy-winning musician up close and personal, yeah. you know, and yeah. they always hang around and talk to people afterwards. So it's, it's a really wonderful space to see live music. Yeah, Jeff Powell, uh, the... Uh, general manager for WGWG and I talk live music all the time and we both have been to stadium shows where there are you you know all you see is specks of people everywhere and then we've been to those intimate and and I prefer the intimate shows every day of the week there's just something about that closeness I, I sure I enjoy the energy that comes from the huge crowds but from the engagement with the artist to me, there's nothing that beats that intimate concert. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And it gives the artists an opportunity to also share their stories. Yeah. And it seems like our the people who regularly attend the Scruggs Center shows or you know travel to see them, they really want to get to know the artists and hear their stories and learn why they make the music that they make. And that, that's as important as the music that they make. So um, that's what we try to do with our concert series. Yeah. So uh, coming up not too, uh, in, not too far in the distant future is a, uh, a pretty major festival that you had been wanting to do probably since you started, uh, and uh, it, it finally came to fruition in, in a way that, that brought a lot of success. Was it last year? Was the first? Yeah, last year was the, was the inaugural festival. So we started having conversations with our friends at WNCW about coming together and starting a music festival, mm-hmm. Earl Scruggs Music Festival back in the end of 2018. So I think I'd, I was on the job a couple of months and was approached about it. And I think I was too new and naive to say, wait, this is a crazy idea. So we're like, sure, let's try. Um, so we started working on that and we were going to have our first festival Labor Day weekend of 2020. Yeah, well, right. you know what happened. Um, so we postponed it to 2021. Mm-hmm. And then just really the situation wasn't right to launch a new festival yeah in fall of 2021. Um, So we decided to postpone it to 2022, and it was the right decision to make because it allowed us three years of planning an inaugural festival, which now we know that's what you need. (laughs) So we were able to pull together 
a world-class lineup. Right. And, and we have it at the Trine International Equestrian Center. Yeah. They've been great partners as well. Um, that's a world-class venue. It so is. there are a lot of things about our festival that set it apart from other bluegrass Americana festivals. Um, you know, the lodging, the amenities on site there. And then also everything centered around the legacy of an American icon, mm-hmm. you know. So let's celebrate that and all that he did. So yeah. so we're really excited about planning the second annual festival. Right. Um, coming up in just a few months, like yeah. three months from now. So you got the lineup all, yeah. all in place. Yeah. Uh, what are the dates? So the that? dates are September 1st through 3rd. So okay. it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Oh, wow. That's great. And is that going to be the standard for yes. you, Labor Day weekend? Yes. That's perfect. I mean, Labor Day, that's what we hope, that people yeah. will not only come to this region and go to the festival, which is, of course, what they want to do, what we want them to do, but we want them, because we're doing it over Labor Day weekend, that maybe they'll take a little extra time and yep. they'll explore what a cool area we live in. Yeah. You know, we I kind of look at us as like a tri-county partnership mm-hmm. with us in Cleveland County, and you have the Equestrian Center in Polk County, and you mm-hmm. have WNCW in Rutherford yeah. County. We have these three counties working together, and we just have a beautiful, I mean, gosh, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world yeah. to live. Um, lots of outdoor recreation, but then also this incredible music and culture that comes from this area. So what we do is we hope people come in and, and want to explore that and hang around with us and come back to see us multiple times during the year. Absolutely. So uh, if people wanted to find out the lineup, what's the best? Where, where do they find that? Oh, go to our website, okay. earlscruggsmusicfest.com. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the website for your for the Earl Scruggs Center? It's earlscruggscenter.org. Okay. Yes. All right. So would you repeat both of those one more time? So the Earl Scruggs Music Festival is earlscruggsmusicfest.com. Mm-hmm. And then the Earl Scruggs Center's website is earlscruggscenter.org. Awesome. Yep. So uh, these festivals, uh, you, you really need volunteers to help bring these things to life in a lot of ways, from a planning standpoint and also when you're there. Oh, also. absolutely. T- talk about the, the need for volunteers and the importance of volunteers that you've seen in your, your five years there. Oh, yeah. So at the Earl Scruggs Center, volunteers are essential to what we do. We have a small staff, you know, like many museums like us. We have a really small staff, and so we rely on volunteers to do things like they're the people who are going to greet you when you come into the door and are going to show you around the museum. They're knowledgeable and they're passionate about about, um, the information that you'll find in the museum. Um, And then they also help us with things like special events. Like when we do our big fundraising concert early in the year, we have a volunteer team that helps to plan that Mm -hmm. alongside our staff. And so you know, with any organization, it's essential to have volunteers. And then on the festival side of things, of course, we need a huge host of volunteers for that. You know, people, last year, I, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, you put this volunteer opportunity out there, and they fit, the spots filled up so quickly. Yeah. You know, people just wanted to be a part of it, right. which is amazing. They were willing to give their time. Yeah. Um, but do everything from taking tickets at the front gate, helping usher people, to helping the VIP areas. Mm-hmm. To provide information and directions and tell people where they can find a water fountain, um, there's tons of volunteer opportunities. And so we've just been really fortunate, both at the Scruggs Center and with the festival, that the community has really come on board and helped us with these projects. Do you still have need now for volunteers for either the festival or for what you do on a daily basis? So we always are looking for volunteers at the Scruggs Center. Okay. Um, like I said, from helping with events right. to... You know, potentially, so, the need, so the need's still there. The need yeah. is absolutely still there. The festival at this point is almost full, okay. probably 90%, 95% full. 
But I just encourage people, if you're interested in volunteering for the festival, go to our, our website and hit the Volunteers tab. Perfect. And you fill out your information, and then you'll be on a wait list because it always happens that, you know, yep. when it's time for the festival, a couple of weeks before, somebody will say, oh, I've had something come up. I can't do it. So we want to get as many people out there and helping as, you know, who want to do that. Yeah. You, you've talked about the past five years of the things you've been able to add. You talk about the educational components, the center stage components at Earl Scruggs uh, Music Festival. Wow, it's a lot in five years. Uh, what are some things, uh, thinking ahead, maybe the next five years, what are some other things you would love to do um, if the timing is right and if the money's right? Yeah, so I think it's just a continuation of this outreach, particularly when it comes to education. Mm-hmm. So the past two years, we've had a really incredible program called Bluegrass Ambassadors, where we've invited a band called the Hen House Prowlers, and through mm-hmm. their nonprofit, Bluegrass Ambassadors, they travel around the world yeah. teaching kids about music and, and collaborating with people of various cultures. They've worked with the U.S. State Department. They send them on um, their cultural diplomats is what they call yes, them. And yes. so they go to other countries, and they learn about people's cultures, and then they share their culture and their music, and then they collaborate together wow. you know, and play each other's music. It's very cool. Wow. And so um, they also do school programs. So we invited last year, we invited them to Shelby for a whole week. And we brought all the fourth graders in Cleveland County in to have this incredible program where they taught the students about the history of our music here in this region. And that's not just bluegrass. You know, that's the blues. That's old-time string band music. And they taught them about the different peoples and the different cultures that contributed to this music. Mm So tomorrow you know, major African influences, indigenous influences, European influences, and how all this came together to create this incredible music that we celebrate here in Cleveland County. Um, And it gives these students an opportunity to see the music in a different way. And hopefully they see themselves and see their families Mm -hmm. and their stories in the music too and become interested in it. And so we we had the program again this year, second yeah. year, and the school system has already told us, please bring it back That's again great. next year. That's great. So what I would love to do over the next five years is build on that yeah. to where we're doing guitar camps, we're doing banjo camps. Mm. Um, we have a program on site at the Earl Scruggs Center where, you know, kids are learning about music. Right. Reaching out to different areas. You know, this was for Cleveland County. I want to do it in Rutherford County. Yeah. I want to do it in Polk County. Right. So, I, I just see us continuing to focus on education and kind of spreading our reach. That's awesome. That's I, I, I know that'll happen. Um, like you said, the need for it is there, and it seems like the desire for it uh, is there from from those who are already seeing it as well. So, um, so kudos to you on that. That's that's going to be awesome to see to see that growth. Um, if if there are organizations that are interested in partnering with you whether it be through sponsorship or, uh, or collaboration um, like Gardner-Webb or any other organizations out there that are listening, say, hey, you know, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Maybe it's uh, you know, um, helping you to, to find a way to, to do an outreach site somewhere else with yeah. something. Uh, how can that happen, and uh, are there ways that that's already happening? Yeah, so we've partnered with several different organizations, um, like I said, the Bluegrass Ambassadors nonprofit right. to, to offer that program. But we've worked with the Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club. Um, we've worked with or- other organizations in the community, the Cleveland County Library. Right now we have a traveling exhibit that's going around to different organizations around the community. Okay. And so we are always looking for ways to partner because I feel like there's so many different organizations here in Cleveland County where we're 
we may not be doing exactly the same thing, but we can help each other mm-hmm. achieve the goals, which is improving life for people in Cleveland right. County. So we're always open to collaboration and partnerships because I feel like that's how we can be more effective. So yeah. if people are interested in that, you have an idea. I'm an idea person. Like, yeah, yeah. Throw all your crazy ideas <laughs> over here. Let's, let's talk about it. Um, I just encourage people just to reach out. Okay, perfect. Well, uh, is there anything else that we have not chatted about that you want to make sure you cover relating to the Earl Scruggs Center? I want to give you a, a, a final final chance to do that. Well, um, I'll just say that coming up in 2024 is a big year for us. Okay. So we opened in January of 2014, and so we'll be celebrating our 10th anniversary wow. next year. It's hard to believe it. Wow. And on top of that, it's Earl's 100th birthday. Wow. He was born in 1924. Wow. So we have a lot to celebrate next yeah. year. So we have some some exciting projects on the horizon that I can't quite talk about yeah, yet, yeah. but um, I think 20, 2024 is going to be an exciting year. So I just encourage people to stay tuned to what we're doing. There'll be opportunities to get involved, things to come do, yeah. you know, programs to attend. So um, I just encourage people to stay tuned and, and just join us. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Once again, the websites for both the Music Festival and for the Earl Scruggs Center. Share those before okay, we wrap so up. Okay, so the Earl Scruggs Center is earlscruggscenter.org, O-R-G. Um, and the Earl Scruggs Music Festival is earlscruggsmusicfest.com. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us, Mary Beth Martin, uh, being here with this valuable uh, information about the uh, the cultural significance of the Earl Scruggs Center and all that you offer. Went really a appreciate you for that and, and we want to thank everybody who took the time to listen to us right here on web chat i want to remind you that you can subscribe to all of the gardener web podcast just by going to your favorite platforms or you can also check out the archives online at gardener-web.edu forward slash podcast uh, until next time for web chat i'm noel t manning the second Thank you.